Hey guys, this is Rob and welcome to question number 52. What's the most likely thing to be true here? It's a question that came out of a conversation with my friend Danny Warnock in a green room in the middle of a gig this last weekend. Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. Okay, before we go on here, Sarah, uh, can I interest you in a pint of Guinness? Yes, I'm quite parched. Get it? So do you think this is made in Ireland? Will it say on the can? I'm all confused now. The problem is we had two of, we had two of sim- the similar conversations uh, while we were in Germany last week. And we, while we were in Frankfurt, we talked with someone... Who, oh, at the Irish bar. At the Irish bar, who was talking about for sure it's not as fresh. And he's from Ireland. He says, for sure it's not as fresh even in America as it is in Germany. Yeah, so it's further to go. Be, yeah. And then when we were in, where were we? In, we were in Cologne. We were at the Irish bar in Old Town. And the, oh. guy, the guys were both saying, who were from Ireland, they said, well, the Guinness you drink in America isn't even brewed in Ireland. It's coming from another brewery. That does it. So I'm wondering if there's another place. If you know the answer to our, our question, where is Guinness currently brewed? I am so glad we don't have to deal with sponsors on this podcast or else I would have to tell you that Guinness is the greatest beer in the world. Anyways, if this is your first time, all right, l- let me say this. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, my name's Rob Morgan, and for the past decade, I've been traveling the world as a bassist and music director, and this is my podcast where I sit down on location with interesting people to try and get past what it is they do to find out why they do it, who they are, and what I can learn from them. I'm joined, I want to say as always, but as always for these main episodes, I'm joined by my wife, my friend, my... Bird trapped in a cage. <laughs> by my, I'm joined as always by my bird trapped in a cage, and I feel like that's a comment that we're going to have to uh, break down and really talk about. I'm going to be thinking about that. Maybe I'll wake up at three in the morning. Hey, what do you mean by trapped in the cage with me? How about I ask you right now? What do you mean by trapped in the cage? Where did that come from? No, I, it truly came out of nowhere, but I was... Great, from your subconscious. That when I was, me. I don't know, maybe, let's say seventh grade, I was really into journaling and like quotes and stuff you know Mm -hmm. it was like i i wanted to feel melancholy i wasn't sad but i i relished feeling sad and i remember hearing this quote (laughs) it's not funny it's just funny to me right now and the quote was i love how by the way i'm gonna gonna pause you and say (laughs) that our cat strider just jumped on the table in the middle of your story and you put your finger up to to signal to him don't talk to matt strider (laughs) Don't talk. I'm talking right now. One moment. (laughs) Okay. The quote was, we think caged, the caged bird sings when instead they cry. What did that, I mean, I. And it just, I just, I remember I had a journal that I had quotes, not written in the pages, but like written on the front and the back kind of of the hard cover. I remember thinking. I did that too in journals, by the way. But you did that like two years ago. (laughs) Well, no, no, I I haven't done it in years. But the front, the first and back, the first page and last page are always pages are always that's reserved for quotes that are impacting. Yeah, I still write down quotes now. I'm just uh, less emo. That was one of the the quotes. Sorry to speak over you. It's probably bad for podcasts. That was um, (laughs) one that I had written down. Sorry to speak over you, but I mean, I need you to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Another one I remember having written down was, it was something like, it's a well-known quote, sort of little ditty. It was like, just because you're paranoid, it doesn't mean they're not out to get you. Remember hearing that before? Meaning like you might be paranoid and it's justified. Yes. I think that's the quote. That uh, reminds me of a quote I heard this week, since this is a whole quote tangent, apparently. The quote I heard this week is, 
it may just be happening in your head, but that doesn't mean it's not real. Mm. I'm butchering that quote. I know. No, I agree with that concept, though. But I remember my buddy. It doesn't matter if anything tangible is happening. It matters what it feels like to you. Yeah. I'm just butchering your intro here. No, uh, no, it's all good. Okay, let's just dive into it. This is actually an experiment. So the main experiment, if you have not been following along, I had a question. The question was, what would happen if I sat down every day in 2019? I drank a pint of Guinness and I recorded a podcast every day in addition to my regular weekly long format conversations. Uh, and it's been a fascinating journey. A bummer is and the reason I'm... The reason I just want to keep talking right now is because it's fun having you here. I kind of miss doing these intros with you. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Anyways, where was I going with this? I totally <gasps> lost my train of thought. The bummer is that you spent $13 on a can of Guinness at the Chicago airport. Oh my gosh, yes. The bummer is... <laughs> because is, you had to drink it. It is so much more difficult uh, than I thought. Not drinking a pint of Guinness. I've actually made the decision. I'm going to stop... I'm going to stop recording podcasts every day when I get bored with it, and I'm going to stop drinking Guinness when I get sick of it. But my goal is a year, and I don't, I don't see myself slowing down. I'm not sick of Guinness yet. But the problem is it is a pain in the butt for us to find it. I mean, But late, now it's a good story. So. Yeah, now it's a good story. We like, like late night in Cologne, Germany, where we're heading back to the hotel, and all of a sudden I realize, oh, I haven't had a Guinness today. We've got to go out of our way and find... An Irish pub. That's the good thing about the world, though, is there is an Irish pub in every major city, probably anywhere. Yes. I don't know why. Yeah. But it is. That's true. I'm leaving. What is today? Today is, I'm record, we're recording this on a Monday night, and I leave in two days because I'm doing a gig in the Bahamas. I'm not nervous. The interesting thing is, even though we probably will be in some smaller towns and there might not be Irish pubs, I know that everywhere around there, like the Florida Keys and like Nassau. And the Bahamas, they'll have that import or whatever. Yeah, Guinness import. So it's everywhere. I'm going to get to the bottom with the whole, this whole brewery situation. Anyways, where am I going with this? Oh, I was talking about experiments. And another thing I want to experiment with in this podcast, I feel one of the biggest questions I get about this is how do I come up with questions like with the mm. themes for these bigger episodes and a lot of times it's a mix a lot of times I will have an, a specific thing I want to talk about I found conversations at least in for podcasts like this are always better if you have a subject to focus on mm -hmm. and then being allowing it to go wherever the conversation naturally naturally goes but this experiment is what if I sit down with some with friends of mine that I just find super interesting and have no agenda of what to talk about. Danny is yeah. one of those people, and I have a feeling I'm gonna have Danny back. I've already I already know I'm gonna have Danny back on because Danny thinks deeply about everything. Every time I play with Danny, I know we are gonna have a really intentional conversation about the most random stuff, and it's fast. It's always gonna be fascinating, and I'm always gonna leave thinking deeper about things. Mm, I so. Like that. I was playing with him this weekend. I said, hey, here's the deal. I'm doing this daily podcast. Let's sit down and just let's leave the green room. We'll find another room that's super quiet. And we can just sit down and record a conversation for 10, 15 minutes for this daily thing. Just for fun. I have no idea what we'll talk about. Sat down and 15 minutes turned into an hour-long conversation mm -hmm. that ended up only stopping because we had to jump back on stage. We literally... We, literally left our conversation to play just moments later. So I posted a short version of this, a short clip last Saturday night. And this, I just thought I'd share the long full conversation because I think it's fascinating. I think Danny's fascinating. The main topic of the conversation actually ends up just being about curiosity in general. Do you have anything else to say? Bye-bye now. Do you know I've been doing these for like every day in 2019? Have I told you that? No. The deal is I was, I've been doing the podcast for about a year and a half mm -hmm. and it's been awesome and I feel like I've been learning so much and one of the biggest things for me is I've been realizing that every week that I sit down with someone and have a conversation, it stretches me mentally and it stretches my like own curiosity and well, just all these things that I benefit personally from the podcast. It's like, what would happen? What I've got, I've got 365 days a year 
why would I just limit it to 52 of these days of that? Like, why don't I just take it in high gear and have and see if I can change my definition? What I've been saying on the intros of this is that I want to change my definition of curiosity from a noun to a verb. So instead of thinking of curiosity as like just questions and something you have, but make it maybe it could be for me a lifestyle and like a way I position myself in the universe for an entire year of like, so maybe curiosity is more listening and looking deeper into things. I just, I, so here's my question for you. You're constantly, you're constantly diving into, we were just talking about how you painted a mural in your business office Mm. and you have dove into painting stuff and watching painting videos just for like relaxation purposes and you're and we were just talking earlier about history stuff that you've been diving into and i feel like you i really relate to you because you always nerd out and stuff like i feel like i do do you yeah. feel like you're a more curious person than other people oh yeah i guess what i'm asking is do you feel different and out of touch with them? <laughs> no but it genuinely like do you ever do you feel like you're more curious than other people yeah i think so here's what i think it comes down to yeah. that i've thought about yeah yeah i am always curious about the why behind something. Tell me, here's a fact. I want to know, how did you find that out? Or or yes. what's that based on? Yes. Or you'll hear a statistic that everyone quotes all the time, and you just kind of accept it. But then at some point, it'll start kind of bugging me a little bit. Like, wait a minute, is that really true that 80% of people do such and such? Mm-hmm. You know? I don't have an example right now. Yeah. Then you think about, like, is that really true? And then sometimes I realize, you know, I could get on my calculator and do a really quick calculation and practically disprove it on the spot. Yes. You'd be like, well, that would mean this and that, and this would have to mean that. It's like, that doesn't, it's not true. If you take 30 <laughs> seconds yeah. to think about it even right. more, you're saying, yeah. you can realize it's, yeah. So I always want to know, the, like, what's behind something? Like, yeah. what's the cause of that? Why yeah. is that? How did, you know? So I think that's what my curiosity is. Is like, I just go deep into something because I want to know what led to that, or why do we believe that, or mm-hmm. why do we think that? Yeah. Man, it's... This is I, you. You mentioned like a really a really deep thing, so I'm gonna back it up with yeah. a really shallow example. Okay. So a really shallow example I, that made you made me think of is when I was out when I'll be out of town with friends in a situation, and I am, it's mind blowing how many people I know will be in a new city and they'll ask me, they'll say, so where's the nearest Starbucks or like oh, is yeah. there is there something around here? I'm like, dude, you have a phone, you have Google Maps in your yeah. pocket. Yeah. And I'll even say that to some friends, and then they're like, oh, no, it's fine. It's it's not worth it. Yeah. Like, their question in their mind isn't worth taking, like, the 30 seconds to look it up. Does that make sense right. at all? Well, and if you're in a new place, why don't we want to see a new... Yes. See what new places are. Totally. You know? Yeah. I think, I think not everyone wants lots of new experiences all the time. Like, I think some people like where they're comfortable. They know what they're going to get. There's no risk. Yes. And that's what they want. And that's fine. I'm not judging Interesting. You. But, like, if I'm in a new place, I want to try a new hole-in-the-wall place. Or if the region is known for something, like, I want to experience that, you know. Yeah. And I'm sure you're that way, too. Man, I wonder if you... This is so weird to have this conversation that's so intentional, because I feel like we talk about these things all the time. Totally. But, but I wonder if, now that I'm thinking about it, you are that way with like new experiences of a new city I wonder if you're that way with information of like I'm not going to just take hmm. the information that happens to us like, I, like you mentioned a minute ago like facts someone says you know 80% of people has, do such and such or like the facts that naturally hit us and the experiences we naturally have or if like you're in a new city maybe the things you'll just I equate that to stumbling on something yeah it's like whatever happens comes my way but I almost wonder if you are. Does that make sense at all? Maybe. Well, you're I just like I, I'm not going to just take the information that comes at me, but it's deeper yeah. than that. I mean, you have to take you have to take most of it. Yeah. You can't question like everything. Yeah. Because that I mean, it's you can't even live that way, and it's obnoxious. Yes. But, but I think there's certain <laughs> things that they just stick in your mind. Is like, huh? Is that is that actually true? Yes. And uh, and if it just sometimes it doesn't feel right. Yeah. And then it takes further thought, or sometimes you just Google it real quick and, and you find out. Do you, is there like an example recently that you can think of where you, where someone said something, you heard something, because you and I listen to a bunch of podcasts or we take in a lot of information on our off time. This was not recent, but a while ago, um, I was thinking about the age of the universe, which is something like 13.4 billion years old. And then um, I think I'd heard the size of the universe is something like 
90 billion years, 90 billion light years across. And if you do the math, there's no way the universe can be that big, right? Even if it, ex if it was expanding from the middle at the speed of light, which it probably can't even do, but 13.4 billion, 13.4 billion years, let's yes. just round it to 15. Yes. Then the diameter of the entire universe couldn't be any bigger than 30 billion light years across. Yet somehow they're saying it's 90. <laughs> so I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> someone made a mistake somewhere because those those two yes. things don't jive. Yes. Um, so I I was like that 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 thing bothered me. It's like yeah. how does that work? Yeah. So did some investigation and, and what it, it has to do with the Big Bang is not so much an explosion of matter moving through space, yeah. but it's actually the fabric of space that makes up the universe is actually inflating. They use the term inflation. Yes. It, and that, especially early on, it, it, w it was inflating many times faster than the speed of light because it wasn't particles moving through space. It was the fabric of space itself expanding at a really rapid rate. And that's why the universe is as big as it is. I was just thinking the exact same thing <laughs> last week. I was thinking, you know, I just, I feel like something's off with these calculations. Really? really? No, not at all. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh, man. Yes. Dude, and that, even that, to the fact that you are diving into that stuff, I just get so pumped. Yeah. Of like you, you were saying earlier, you were talking about, I've been dying, your recent nerding out has been about ancient civilizations. Yeah. And stuff like that. And I just, I don't, I don't know. I think there might be a link. I'm just trying to figure out, as I've been having conversations with a ton of people, I'm realizing that I've taken for granted uh, the, I just am saying curiosity because I have no other word for it, but that I'm taking, I take that for granted in people. Like I just assume everybody right. is like that. I assume like, well, you, if you want, like, if you want to learn how to paint or if you want Everybody wants to figure out, like, in, for instance, with me, like, everybody wants to figure out the best pencil or pen. If I'm going to use a pen every day, I want to figure out the best pen <laughs> and the best paper to do it. And then nerd out until I figure it out, and then I'm set. I can move right. on to the next thing. Yeah. yeah. But not everybody's like that. Right. I, yeah. yeah. Well, they're not. But so, you're like, you do that. Yeah. A bunch yeah, of stuff. Definitely. Um, something I've been thinking about recently. Yeah. Um, so this, real quick, this... Uh, and Joe Rogan has some guests on who talk about this. Yeah. But this ancient civilization, there's some really compelling evidence that there was some fairly advanced civilizations, probably going back to at least like 12,000 BC, and then there was a, a dramatic climate event that warmed up, melted all the glaciers in North America, and the yeah. oceans rose like 400 feet, like wiping out practically all of all of civilization at the time. Yeah. And then it took several thousand years for Egyptians, Mesopotamians. Um, to kind of start rebuilding again, um, but that some of that really ancient stuff, like most of that was lost, but there's these yeah. still some remnants of it, and technology that it seems to me from from what I've been researching that the um, like the Egyptians of five thousand years ago would have just have not had the technology, you know the the scale of what they were building and the precision of the cuts and how hard the rocks were, um, so uh, you know. Won't go into all the details. Yeah. But basically, there's some really interesting evidence that ties in with ancient flood myths, um, that ties in with the geological record and the timing of the ice ages, and Plato referencing Atlantis, mm -hmm. and a lot of really interesting things like some very confusing pieces of data and, and archaeological evidence actually make a lot of sense in this paradigm. Yeah. Um, and I've been curious about these a long time. You hear about ancient aliens, and mm -hmm. I never really found that compelling. Yeah. Um, or you know, time travel, I don't think that's probably possible. So it's like, well, what's, we have built civilization. So we had, we had the same brain that we have 10, 12,000 years ago. So why couldn't we have been building some civilizations then? So what's, what's really interesting, and I think I find myself liking to find that kind of fringe science where it's yes. on the verge of becoming mainstream. So like the key, the ketogenic diet, like I was yes. a little bit on the forefront of you that. You were. Intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting. It was like, like I was right the only on... one in my circle who was talking about any of that. Yes. And it's becoming yes. pretty accepted. So I, yeah. you know, kind of fun oh, for to sure. be on the oh, front, yeah. front edge of that where like then it's coming into. So I don't, I, Man, I, I, I don't like being on the fringe just for the sake of being on the fringe, but I really want to know what's true. And so it's the thing I've been fascinated oh, is. Okay. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> I, yeah. Is, this is awesome. I have a million things already. Okay. Uh, the thing, the thing that I'm thinking about is like, how often are we believing things because 
it just feels comfortable. Like, here's the stuff I believe, and no matter what, I want to make sure on. I keep believing yes. it. And, and I think yes. this happens in uh, politics, religion, it even happens in science, where they have you have a paradigm, and like, this is how I make sense out of the world, and any data that comes along that doesn't fit it, you just kind of reject it. Or you just, or the person who's bringing you say, well, they're, they're not, they're a pseudoscientist. Yes. You know, or they, you know, they hate God, or they hate poor people, whatever the, whatever yeah. the thing is, yes. you, you'll find a way to just kind of reject the source of an actual data point. And I think, you know, I think we should look at the data points that we have and then be willing to reconsider what our worldview is, um, if that makes sense. It does make sense. Now, I, I cannot for the life of me remember the term, but I recently heard a term for uh, essentially buy-in. I guess the definition of this term was when you say, take gambling, for instance, when you put a ton of money into a slot machine, you've invested all this money. Yeah. Sunken and, cost. Yes, yeah, sunken cost. That's what I was looking for. So sunken yeah. cost is, I've already put this money in, I need yeah. to keep going on this thing. Right. Do you think that's part of it? Definitely. Like, I've already, I've spent so much of my life. Oh, yeah. Because you put, like, this identity in the things we right. think about. Well, what if you're an archaeologist, you know, teaching at a university right now, and you're like, you know, basically the most ancient civilizations go back to, you know, 5,000 years ago, and all of a sudden there's this new data. Yes. And it's like, no, they go back much older. For all we know, they go back 100,000 years. Like, who knows? But, like, for sure there's some evidence that it seems like it's older than 5,000 years. And it's like, now you got to, like, it's almost like undoing some of your life's work to change so I, I do get why that's that's difficult and in the embarrassing you have ego I wonder yeah. how much ego's involved I'm like well I've been staking everything on this right yeah yeah. I think that's part of it I think there's a, definitely a group think element where you just don't want to be the weird one like you don't want to be the one who people think is kind of crazy yeah or, or just weird or that you're just being contrarian like that's certainly not my goal yeah you know, like I just want to know what's true and I do get a thrill out of finding truth that I think is like a new you know, on the cutting edge truth. There's some fun in that, but it's not because I want to feel smarter than everybody. Like, it's just, I, I really find that fascinating. That is why, many you are, you, to, to me, you are to ideas like Jasper Nephew is, is to music. In the hmm. sense of, uh, my favorite thing, and I think you are this way uh, with music too, I'd assume, but my favorite thing about Jasper is that he is, he doesn't write off like a trendy, like for me, if something's overly trendy, I'll push back on it. Like uh -huh. musical, something musical or like a, maybe a gear or an idea or like a style, yeah. I'll push back on it. And he's like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Don't throw something out just because everybody else, it's a bandwagon thing now. If it's cool, it's cool. Yeah. And then vice versa, the thing that's, uh, if something's not necessarily trendy right now, he still's like, wait a second, this is actually still cool. Yeah. This might not be a cool song or a cool band, but there's some really brilliant musical parts that he's always pointing out. Mm. And you are like that with ideas, where I want to be more like that, because uh, you you think you see stuff and you're not trying to push and you're not trying to be like I'm not saying you're weird, but you're not trying to be like I'm weird. No, I'm not <laughs> saying that's, that's a horrible <laughs> adjective, but then, you're not saying like you're not trying to be cutting edge and like trying new different things just to be trying being different for different sake right. it's because you're fascinated by it yeah and i kind of have i can kind of have my, i naturally can push back on something like um mm -hmm. like intermittent fasting yeah. everybody freaking talks about it now it's and you and i have been having conversations <laughs> yes for the past like year or so yeah. and when we were just having conversations and everybody else wasn't necessarily on board. I was. I was. It was so great, and it was doing uh -huh. great things for me. But yeah. now everybody's talking about it, and I don't. Now I don't want to do it. So I have to remind right. myself. Wait a second. Just because things are trendy doesn't mean I need to be contrarian, right. like you said. Right. Okay. So anyway, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I've. I've got no. Well, enough. thank you. That's very kind. Man, are you? So here's the thing too. When you. When you're talking about finding new things, you're talking about the cutting edge being on the cusp of ideas. Mm -hmm. I find that interesting because I think that there are places you can choose to hang out in for new ideas. And by that I mean uh, you and I seem oftentimes to hang out mentally in the same areas mm. of like the internet. Mm. And if you want to, if you want to be on cutting edge stuff, you can be listening to uh, like Joe, certain Joe Rogan podcasts where he has fascinating people on yeah. and you can go back and now all of a sudden, like say, I won't even throw out names, but say dietitians that he's had on yeah. that are now talking about ketosis. Yeah. 
you can look back and he they were on two years ago right. saying the same thing that they're saying right now. And so you can kind of hang out where Tim Ferriss was a big one with intermittent mm-hmm. fasting for me. Yeah. I don't know where, where are other places that you're listening to. Is there like a news source or where are you finding your... Well, once I start going down one rabbit hole, like YouTube will kind of just keep <laughs> bringing that up. dark, yeah. So I, I, I do think that Joe Rogan is one of the best sources of getting things that are just seem totally out of left field to you. And usually at first, I don't think I'm even going to be interested at all. Mm, yeah. But then I start listening and it seems like there's something there. And I don't listen to all of Joe Rogan's podcast. Uh, Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, Joe, Joe Rogan's Joe Rogan's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I... I've definitely listened to a lot of Tim Ferriss. I like him yes. a lot. So that's another good, great source of just random things mm-hmm. from, you know, business and psychology and yeah. just, I mean, just everything. I mean, I've definitely learned a lot from, from his guests because he has such a wide range of people. Yeah. Um, like nothing Man, else comes to mind. Those two, it's interesting to me with those two because when I first started the podcast, those are, those are two of my... Joe Rogan necessarily I don't follow as much. Tim Ferriss is one of my all-time go-to for... Mm-hmm. It's the most growing, personally, for me, listening to that mm-hmm. podcast. But they are so smart and so analytical. Mm-hmm. And the people they have on are so smart yeah. uh, that, for me, I, I'm, just, I'm just completely at awe with their conversation skills. Yeah. Like, people, people write off Joe Rogan pretty quick. If people... Well, there's, I have a lot of friends. I'm not, I'm not, there's some things with Joe Rogan that I'm not necessarily, um, I don't connect with. I'll say a ton. He's not as, he talks a bit more. And I don't know, as I'm talking, I'm saying he talks too much, but he, he talks more than other interview styles that I like, Uh but he's really smart. He can, he can hang and hold a conversation with anybody. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. It's funny. I was just going to say, I feel like both. Joe and Tim are good about letting the guests do a lot of the talking. Yes. And it's like they're following along with it and they're making the space for them. Yes. And occasionally they might push back a little bit on yeah. a certain thing or bring up something that comes to their mind that's, that's mm-hmm. related. But I, I feel like when you talk to them, they, it's not like they have this agenda that they're trying to push on their guests. Okay, yeah. And they're like, here's a topic. And Joe will bring up people. He probably is not agreeing with a lot of stuff he's hearing, but mm-hmm. he's just creating a platform for interesting ideas. Yeah. And then the listener can decide yeah. what they think. Yeah. And I feel like he doesn't feel this need to um, curate the content too much. It's like, here's interesting people, and uh, take it or leave it. That, you know, that's how I interpret what he's doing, which I think yeah. is really cool. And I think we need platforms like that. Because I think, you know, I think there's a risk in our culture, in our society, of saying, well, these are the acceptable ideas. Mm. These are the ideas we already know are true. We don't even need to think about it. And it's like, I think we should always have a little bit of skepticism about virtually everything. Yes. And just consider it once in a while. It's like, man, is this, is this really true? These things I think, you know, things everyone believes. Um, yes. And it's worth at least questioning some of those once in a while. It is, when you talk about the, the interview styles, it, it, there is a spectrum. Because you have the people like, you have someone like, have you ever heard of Cal Fussman? No. He's he's the, one of the greatest interviewers of all time, in my opinion. And he he studied under Larry King for a while, who okay. also, the two of them are brilliant. Yeah. And they're very much, like people have asked Larry King, well, why don't why don't you share your opinion more? What did you think about, what did you think about this person, this guest that was on? Mm. He goes, my job is not to form an opinion. Mm. My job is to make the guest feel comfortable and get them to give as much information as possible because the yeah. listener is smart and mm-hmm. they I'll let them yeah. decide. Tim Ferriss yeah, like studied that. under it was like a third remove. He's uh-huh. under Cal Fussman okay. when it comes to interview styles and yeah. he's very much like propose a question, let them talk and then on his own side things like his books then he'll give a lot of his personal yeah. opinions. Joe Rogan separates himself a little bit further in that he he will, he's still really healthy about letting people talk and sharing their opinions and being open, but he is, will very much interject. He mm-hmm. shares a ton of opinions and his opinions yeah. are fact. And I think that's why a lot of people follow him. It's, uh, that's probably the part that I'm not necessarily my biggest, um, pull towards him, but his deal is he, he, I do respect that he'll tell someone, I actually disagree with you. Mm. Uh, yeah. And none of the other guys do. Yeah. And so anyways, I don't know. And then you keep getting further and further where someone's just a, a guest on a podcast and they, it's like 50-50 talk time, if that right. makes sense. So I don't know. Yep. 
But I, I do like that thought of, you were saying Joe Rogan mm-hmm. allows certain thoughts. Yeah. Man, okay, oh, how, do you have to do anything before we play this next set? This is so interesting. Yeah. I love this conversation. Great. Okay, so. It's what we'd be doing anyway. I know. <laughs> that is the greatest <laughs> thing. The greatest thing. This is what we'd be doing in the green room uh, if, we were, if we weren't being yeah. intentional about it. Okay, so let me propose a question to you for this. Yeah. Talking about what you just said right here in conversation, you were mentioning this thought that there are ideas that we are societally we allow ourselves to talk about well these are the appropriate ideas we can hold we can talk about and discuss and these are the ideas we're, we're going to push away and not even give air to yeah. and that makes me think a lot of growing up in religion and uh even just any kind of belief system or right and wrong and like the, the pushback of myself being a question asker as a kid got me into a ton of trouble <laughs> whether it was like at church, going to church with uh, asking the whys, like questioning yeah. things, and especially then in, in the college. And I'm wondering, and it, it, my curiosity was definitely there's like a there's an uncomfortable pushing distance between you and authority anytime you're questioning things, yeah. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So now you have kids, you've got two boys. Yeah. How. Are you? What is like your approach to like cultivating any sort of question asking in them and curiosity in life? Have you thought about that at all? Um, yeah, like embracing I, that. I don't know if you've run into. Yeah, I just don't allow any questions. <laughs> uh, no, I mean I have a three-year-old son and a ten-year-old son. Yeah. So the three-year-olds, we're not having uh, you know philosophical discussions about you know yeah. anything yet. But uh, no, the ten-year-old, he's he's very. Uh, very deep thinker, really smart. Also, um, I think you, you can kind of tell he's my son the way the way he thinks about things. Okay. And he wants to know the why behind it, and I absolutely encourage it. No. And I don't give um, like falsely confident answers about you know my faith or how do we know God exists or things like that. Like I literally wrestle with those things at as deep a level with him as I would any adult. Really. Yeah. But do you ever feel? temptation to snap into like classical dad zone of like you know you're the dad and you're supposed to have the answers and like an easy come no, dry not, not at all yeah. I'm just not that way <laughs> yeah i love that no it's like it's like you know let's talk about the problem of evil that's a really difficult problem like the smartest people who ever lived have been trying to figure that out for thousands of years so you know we, we're only going to get so far because it's not like we're smarter than them you know and these are that's a, it's a difficult thing to figure out and you know we We'll talk about it, and I say, but at the end of the day, you know, every system of thought, and this was something I learned studying philosophy in college, and I was even slightly afraid that studying philosophy might make me, like, lose my faith, you know, like, faith versus reason, which I don't think is... Oh, yes. Don't even even get... Yeah. Yeah. It's not true. Um, The fact... Oh, they do the thought... Of being nervous to learn about something because what it might make you question. Yeah. But I couldn't run away from it. I was like, well, yes, I got to do it. Totally. And I came out with my faith stronger because I realized any you know system of thought has major major paradoxes, major flaws. You know, any religious system or you know everything. There's no perfect system, and so Christianity, yeah, it's got some things that we can't quite get our head around. But so does atheism. You know, so does mm-hmm. Buddhism. So does environmentalism. No matter what you pick, your your system of thought is going to have major problems that we can't figure out and you you know we just have to be honest about that man are you comfortable with uncertainty yeah i think i'm pretty uncomfortable with it yeah like the thought of i don't i don't know that's not that sounds like such a goofy question in just normal conversation but i just think of so many people i know the thought of not having it figured out you go to these things you go to philosophy whatever it is yeah. so you can have like the the certainty answer to it well, I don't think that at all. I think I think where I land is what's the most likely thing to be true here. I think there's very very few things that are as, as absolutely true as two plus two equals four. Like there are a few things like that, but there's so there's it's just such a small percentage of everything we deal with in real life, you know. Oh, dude, what is the most likely to be true here? Yeah, that is so good. So I I, I genuinely think when when I have ideas that come through my brain, I think I genuinely categorize them in terms of like they're sort of like a truth 
like 100% true scale to like that's complete BS to like yeah that's probably true to that's very likely to be true like the sun will rise tomorrow is extremely likely to be true yes right there's a tiny chance that you know get swallowed by a black hole or something it's not a hundred percent that the sun comes <laughs> yes. but it's like 99.99 yeah, yeah you know so there's and a lot of things maybe are in that category of like near certainty yeah you know two plus two equals four that's like a hundred percent yes certain, you know um but then there's like things people say that like well that's that's a, an opinion you know that's mm. like a 50 50 thing so i don't know that's just kind of the filter in my mind yeah. i feel like the information i'm categorizing it based on is sort of likelihood of truth yeah you know, or if it's even a category of truth maybe it's just that's an opinion that's yeah. taste you know, yeah, that's 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 what this cult that's good in this culture, but not like universally true. Yes. So that's kind of I think oh. how my mind works. Man, <laughs> let me propose this question then to you. Uh, since I need to uh, I need to pre uh, I need to pre announce that I'm about to ask another question. fun <laughs> stuff. <laughs> no, but all right, here's here's something. What is something that is true that other people don't agree with you? Uh, it's not going to be popular, but I don't think humans have a very large impact on our climate. I think it's a, a few percentage points of influence. Okay. So not zero, you know, but I don't think the carbon dioxide that we're producing is... When you say humans, you mean even uh, technology, like yeah, industrial? Yeah. Yep, yep. I don't, I'm not convinced that we are having a massive... I'm not trying to get political. Like, oh, this, yeah. It's not politics for yeah. me. Like, this is like... I'm coming at it, I believe, in a scientific mindset. Um, and so I think that's not a popular opinion right now. What do you think is the biggest um, reason I th- for it? I don't think we know. I think that like climate is extremely complicated. Um, and there are, I think there's just a lot we don't really understand yet. Like We don't really know if more clouds makes it warmer or colder. Because clouds trap heat, but they also reflect sunlight. Yeah. And so we like when they do the computer models, they're kind of guessing... Like, which way is it going to go? And I, I think, you know, the money in climate is in proving that it's happening. And I'm not even saying, well, scientists have, like, a nefarious agenda, but I just think it's naturally, it's human to kind of, like, you want to keep having a job. And, yeah. You know, and it's like, why study something if humans aren't causing it? You know, because then we can't do anything about it. Yeah. So I think I think there's just a group think element to that. Okay. And I'm, I'm open, I think that I'm open to have my opinion changed on that. Yeah, but I just think there's an element of of human hubris to think that we're changing an entire climate on a planet. Yeah, I mean we're pretty technological, but I don't think we're at that level yet. Yeah, man, I do not know enough about that to have an opinion. And I respect that viewpoint, and that's kind of how I feel too. Yeah, and if that is your viewpoint, then we probably shouldn't be spending hundreds of billions of dollars of fixing a problem if we don't even understand the problem. Hmm. You know, so I don't know. Yeah. Okay. But I'm glad you have the humility to admit you don't know. And yeah. I, and I, I kind of feel that, sort of feel that way too. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't really know. But everyone is so confident that humans are causing it. And I don't think the science is nearly as good as everybody thinks. Yeah. And I've looked into it somewhat. Man, a second ago you said, like, I'm, I think that's something I'm open to having my, my opinion changed <laughs> on. Yeah, was that enough uh, qualifiers? <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying, like, I'm fast. Okay. I... I would like Dude, to think I, I that love I'm this. open to having Yeah, I'd like to think that, that I possibly might be in the future at some <laughs> point. <laughs> open this. No, but, okay. I, my biggest frustration with, I don't know, the world, but I, just, I just feel like culture right now, we live in a world where a, a lot of people only read books that they already agree with. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You only listen to an album you already know you're going to like. And if you happen to be mistaken and you don't like it, that's the last time you listen to it. Who, a very small percentage of even musicians yeah. listen to an album, don't like it, and say, I'm going to listen to this like four more times and right. see what starts sticking with me. Totally. Uh, or, and I think that about with books, like especially our circles, how many people mm-hmm. are like, oh yeah, I already, you already agree with everything in this book. Or I think yeah. about, this is as crazy. Could you imagine someone? I just think of the culture I grew up in was very much in the terms of 
Nah, I won't even. I don't. Maybe I won't even dive in. That's too negative. Uh, but I just think of like there are. You, you even mentioned earlier, like yeah, well, I want to be careful to not dive into this philosophy too much because what happens if that changes my ideas about things? Mm-hmm. And to me, in my mind, I'm like, man, I should freaking run down that rabbit hole because if it if if the way I hold on to something is so light and so air, it's it's made up of like nothingness of air that it can be taken away by just another thought. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what I, I want to go put something substantial in my head Yeah. and fill that space with something rock solid. Right. And I'm just, exactly. I'm just wondering if like, do you, when you're talking about, I'm open to changing my mind, is that intentional thing for you? Are you constantly trying to remind yourself or what does that look like when do you remind I yourself? Think, I think it's both. I think I am naturally wired um, to kind of constantly be just questioning things and being open to having like major paradigm shifts. Like politically, I've had, I've been completely all over the board in my adulthood, like mm-hmm. liberal, conservative, libertarian. And um, so I think there's an element of just, I'm naturally wired that way, that I'm willing to like shift how I view everything if enough facts come in that are kind of shift that. So I think somewhat it's natural. Yes. Um, Probably it's mostly natural, to be honest. I don't think I try to do it really that yeah. much. But I, so maybe someone who isn't wired that way, maybe they should try to do that. Be like, okay, I'm going to be a little more open. Like, what yeah. if some of the things I think aren't aren't actually true? You know, or does is the data match yes. the beliefs? Okay, so what? I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. Are the, how how could someone recognize that they are being closed minded? that Hmm. are there signifiers that you can think of i think i think one piece of one thing would be i think if you find yourself very quickly dismissing data points that don't fit your paradigm like oh that person's just dumb or oh that's just fringe science like if you're so quick to dismiss things that don't fit like i think that's a sign to to take a closer look and decide man am i am i open to my fundamental worldview being wrong. Or is my paradigm possibly wrong? Yes. Um, and if that never occurs to you, then I, you're probably not as open-minded as we, we... I think we would all like to think that we're open-minded. Yeah. And I don't know how many people really are. Yeah. Um, and to me, that means you're willing to um, consider changing what your view on things yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so. Man, I the convenient thing about doing this podcast is that I can very intentionally put out into the world this image like I of like complete open mindedness <laughs> and I just I just totally agree with what you just said I, you know I'm I'm most likely not as open minded as I think about stuff maybe not as you think but I, I think you're pretty open I feel open minded it is all yeah it's all I guess it's it's all comparative you know I think a big part of it comes back to kind of comfort like people want to know Kind of where they fit in the world, where where things go, everything's kind of in its place, yes. and they don't want it to be jumbled up. And I get well, that. Like, I don't know that the world would be a great place if everyone was like me. Well, it wouldn't be. Nothing would run. Nothing would be on time. <laughs> um, you know. So, like, I think it's you know, as a society, I actually think it's good that people are wired differently, and not everyone yeah. has to be as curious as everyone else necessarily. Yeah. Because some people they got to run things. You know. Yeah. And uh, I'm. I guess I'm more, like, I want to explore new things, you know. But not everyone can do that. It just, it won't work. Man, do, are there, like, are there any, I've, I've never thought of this question before. Uh, in a, the past year and a half of just pushing, of like, the, the benefits of, like, being curious or open-minded, all this. Are there any, ne- like, negative side effects that you've seen in your life? To being uh, curious? Yeah. I mean... I think indirectly, maybe it's related to things like financial stability mm. or being organized or, you know, yeah. getting your taxes done on time. Like, those are the kind of things that I struggle with. Yeah. That I'm just, like, the little details that feel really boring to me. Like, yes. Like, pulling teeth to, like, just take care of bills and stuff. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it does, you know, probably cause more turmoil in yeah. my life that I, I'm not naturally wired to be on top of those things. Yes. Here's... Here's a negative byproduct that I've seen in my life yeah. that kind of goes along with what you're saying. Uh, oh man, and this does not make me look good. But 
I just uh, so what sometimes happens to me is because there are so many so many things that I'm willing I want to nerd out about and dive uh-huh. into and I I have a very obsessive mind and mm-hmm. so whenever I whenever I get whenever I get a certain amount down the rabbit hole of nerding out about something as small as even earlier I said like like pencils mm. like I decided recently if this is this is so dumb I but I re- realized lately that I want to for certain for certain projects for certain creative uh, ventures of mine I'm doing like say writing I'm, I'm doing all my first drafts of writing analog mm. uh, so handwritten first drafts or at least just a brain dump of stuff okay. And when it is an essay for different magazines I've been writing, I want that to be in pencil so I can at least, if I need to erase something, I can. And there's just a ton of benefits with pencil. It was just super nerdy. But I, I decided, okay, well, if I'm going to get a pencil, I want to I find the best pencil. Who's the best pencil manufacturer in America? And the best pencil manufacturer in America is, uh, a, is a company called Blackwing. Hmm. And they make the best combination of lead, pencil, and eraser, I think, on the market. And then from there, you have all your preference. How thick do you want your lead to be? How? Because the softer it is, the, the smoother it will write, but the lighter it will be. And then okay. you smudge a little bit more, but the harder it is, it's going to be harder to erase. So you have all these uh, factors, and the harder it is, the sharper it stays for longer, the softer it is. So you have all these things about pencils that I just that I, I know you obsess with tiny things like this, too. And I get on these rabbit trails, and... And all of a sudden, I'm losing. I'm I'm laying in bed on my phone when I know I have to get up early, researching. Well, which one do I want to do? And then I'm yeah. buying like four different, four or five, so I can have them at home and like be doing this. And yeah. I, what will happen with me is I will, I will, if not left in check, if not kept in check, I will ignore the major things in life, the big things that I should be focusing on for the comfortable curiosities. If that yeah. makes sense, yeah. because it's fun. Like, those yeah. kind of nerding right. out is really enjoyable. Yeah. And as an artist, I can say, well, I'm just creative. That's just what I do. <laughs> but then Sarah will call me out, and she's like, you like, you need to make sure you're focusing on these things. Or she'll keep me in check because, like, how much time have you spent with this? And she's really cool about being open to it. I'm not saying – I am not th- don't want to throw it into the butt. She's really cool with it. But she, on the outside of not, like, nerding out of, about every small thing, she's, like, this healthy mindset of, like, dude, what are you doing? How many hours are you going to spend – and my problem is I can't even have a conversation with her if I'm in the middle of something, a deep nerding out. Right. My brain is all in. Yep. Uh, I don't know where that tangent is, but I just, I'm thinking about it, I'm keeping it in check. And I'm wondering if you have to keep those things in check for yourself. Yeah, no, I totally relate to that. Yeah. I'm just like going down one rabbit hole forever. Yes. And, uh, and it, it, can, it can be a problem. Um, a couple thoughts come to my mind is like, I think I've, and maybe this is a maturity thing, Okay, I've I've learned to stay fairly focused on just kind of a few things hmm. because I could go down a lot of rabbit holes and I've been building this hammock business and then before that I was um, you know getting into IT and then I was getting into keyboard so I've kind of yeah. done a few things but I've kind of within each period of time I'm I'm fairly focused on like just surviving life you know doing yeah. going to your job or taking care of kids those kinds of things like you know I do that stuff and then with what time is left I've been relatively disciplined about choosing okay right now i'm working on getting good like figuring out how to play the piano mm-hmm. playing keyboards yeah and so i think i think right now as you're like correct as you've been like crushing it for years in piano <laughs> key stuff no go I'm, on yeah no i'm not doing that right now okay I'm yeah. totally coasting. oh you're oh totally yeah coasting <laughs> okay okay you're saying that it's like a pass that was, that was like past, a okay I, yeah. I was working really hard I'm, I'm with you, yeah. for the first you know couple few years i was i was starting to do that like at Eaglebrook kind of mm-hmm. professional level. And, um, and then, you know, the last few years, last couple few, it's been working on getting this business going. So almost everything I spend my free time is related to to that business. Yeah. And so it's definitely, though, that laser focus kind of thing you're talking about. But it's somewhat like I'm, I've decided this is the thing I'm doing with my life right now and trying to guide as much as I can into that. But yeah. I, think it come, it, I think it comes from the same place, though. Yeah. Of, like, this is new and exciting. Like, I don't know how to run a company. You know, I don't know how to manufacture a product. Like, I'm just, these are all new things. I don't know how to run payroll. You know, these are things, like, I'm having to yes. figure out. So I think it, it's, it satisfies that itch, but in a way that it takes being intentional. 
and the drive and like now there's people counting on me and people I want to try to get paid back you know stuff yeah. like that like that keeps me going you know doing it but totally. I, I think it was from the same place you know and I think that's related to being an entrepreneur and being an artist you know I think that's the kind of person who just wants to try new things yeah um, I, when I was a child though I didn't have the same ability to like follow through on things you know I would lose I would lose interest and so I think that's I think that's where the maturity comes in. It's like no, I'm gonna finish this and make the best I can. Yes. But one other thing I learned too, and, and I and I'm probably not the first person to think of something like this, but I, for me, I call it the 95% rule. And in try, instead of trying to achieve 100% perfection with something, like get to 95, because by then it's very good. It's like it's good. It's gonna do the job. It's gonna be aesthetically pleasing. Like if it's a product, people will buy it. Hopefully, yeah. it's a good product. You know, whatever, whatever it is. But that last 5% is so much more expensive. Yeah. Like, you're going to double your time to try yeah. to get that last 5%. Yeah. And that's just not, um, it's not practical. Yeah. And so, the perfectionist in me hates this rule because, like, I want perfection. But it's like, well, how many other things should I be starting to do now? Okay, we're at 95%. I just need to say that that's, that's good enough. Like, yeah. That's very good, you know. But it doesn't have to be perfect. So, <sighs> that's been helpful for me. <laughs> That's so awesome. That's good. Are you good at are you good at cutting yourself off at the ninety five percent? Like, dude, rein it in. Part part of me hurts a little. You yeah. Know, like, oh, I don't, it's like it could be a little better. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's something like perfectionist. Yeah. But I I've just come to embrace it because yeah. then I see it in the context of my well, there's all these other projects I can do. Like yeah. In the time I could do that last five percent, I could do a whole other ninety five percent project. Yes. If my math estimations are right. But, yeah. You know. <laughs> Oh. Um, so, yeah. Man, okay, let, let's end it with I let's end it with this because we probably have to go back in there in a little bit. Um, I want your I want to talk about your hammock company mm-hmm. real quick. The and I'll put sh- links in the show notes of this cool. for your Thank stuff. You. But there's a when I feel like I've noticed with talking with people the conversations that this podcast has opened up with me. I've realized that there has been a misunderstanding in the world of observing create creating something or starting something there's a misunderstanding of that and the misunderstanding is that you have an idea for so in f- your your uh, your company you're creating a hammock right yeah. how would you even describe it it's not like a normal hammock um i created a hammock designed for backpacking and camping that um is an insulated hammock and so instead well, when I go camping, instead of bringing a tent, I bring an insulated hammock and a down blanket on top. It's, it's a down-filled yeah. hammock, a down blanket on top, and then I got a tarp over me. And it's a lot lighter and quicker to set up and way more comfortable than a tent set up. Yes. And so that's the that's kind of where the hammock was born. And then I, you know, we have a couple other hammocks now. We have yeah. several different, I think we have over a dozen products now that, that we're offering or just about ready to offer. Um, so that's kind of what it is. I mean, it's yeah. camping-oriented um, hammock gear. Yes. That we do. It's a okay. gear. So you, I, the misconception looking at this endeavor is that you would have an idea at some point, uh, and the idea would be you you have this idea for 12, pro- the dozens or so product that you were saying that you have, and you have an idea that's fully formed of this this hammock that you are selling right now. You you had the idea for it, and then so you set out and to complete it and create it. But really... What happens is you have there's this void you don't know the end product but it typically yeah. just starts with like a question or an idea of making something. What was the very I'm interested in like the very first question or curiosity you had. Well, it started with I guess sort of a bucket list thing. I wanted yeah. to go solo camping in the Boundary Waters. I wanted to do a solo canoe camping trip. Okay. So I'd always wanted to do that, and so I was planning this trip and looking at all my gear, which was getting really heavy and so I was like how can I lighten this my pack was just getting ridiculous and so the tent was the heaviest thing and I was going to bring a like just a store-bought hammock yeah. or just relaxing in anyway and I thought huh I wonder if I can sleep in a hammock and that was literally the question and I started googling it and sure enough there were people who did that mm-hmm. um, it's more popular now than it was then but there were still people who did it. <laughs> yes. You know, uh, once again. the internet. Yeah. yeah. Once again, you were at the kind of forefront end right. of hammock camping, at least in the conversations yeah. I was hearing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and I was like, sure enough, like I had already, I'd already gotten into, into a little bit into sewing, making tarps. So I already had a tarp. I just needed to make a bug net. So I bought, yeah. went to Walmart and bought some 
um, sheer curtains. And yes. I made them into a bug net. And then I slept on a pad and, and I was, I liked it. I was like, I like this more than the tent. But I, but it was hard to stay on the sleeping pad. I hated blowing those things up. Mm-hmm. My shoulders were so cold. So st- I still knew this is not the ultimate sleeping experience outside. So then I, then after that trip, which, which was a great trip, um, then I was like, I want an even simpler, awesomer hammock. Yes. And so there is something called underquilts that you attach to a hammock that gives you insulation on the bottom. And that's like a huge step up. I was like, that's still not as simple as I want it. Like, I want it built into the hammock so it doesn't slide around. There's no cold spots. Like, there's some challenges yes. with the underquilt. And it doesn't exist in the world. Yeah. You, yeah. Can, you couldn't buy it. You couldn't buy what I was looking for. Yeah. So I just made my own version. Like I For yourself? Just for myself. Yeah, yeah. And you weren't thinking, like, I, I, oh, this is a great, like, no, no, million I dollar idea. No, no, I never thought I'd have a business. That was yeah. at all in my mind. I just, I knew the way I wanted to camp, and it wasn't something you could go buy, so I just made it for myself. Uh, but then people were you know, really intrigued by it and were asking if where'd you buy that or asking if they could buy it, and so eventually I, I realized maybe maybe there's something here. Yeah. So I started talking to an entrepreneur friend and yeah. one thing turned into another. But yeah, the journey from beginning to end has involved like so many different people who've kind of come and gone, um, so many different prototypes. Like it's been, I mean, thousands of hours of you know experimenting, of sewing, of working on stuff marketing it's yeah. unbelievable like nobody don't ever start a business it's a terrible idea yes it's so much harder than you can imagine at least the business i chose maybe there's better businesses yeah uh, and i say that because you need to have so much drive that you're going to ignore what i'm telling you right now but if you just think oh that sounds kind of fun to start a business like nope don't do it yeah <laughs> yeah and uh one, one I, I heard one entrepreneur talk they asked this was a venture capitalist saying something a question they ask all their their potential founders is like how many all-nighters have you pulled? Yeah. You know, or tell me about a time you pulled an all-nighter. And if they never have done that, they're like, they're out. Because they're, really? they're not the kind of person with that drive to do it. Yeah. You know? And so I've pulled quite a few. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That is so a great it's, it's, question it's a about anybody that is obsessive about something. Or, I mean, yeah. I'm just thinking about all the times. Yeah. That's I, Everybody that I've talked to has like, done all-nighters, whether you're mm-hmm. music yeah. Or you're just uh, you're creating something, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if I answered yeah. your question. Yeah, totally. But, I mean, it's definitely been this this journey. You know, yeah. A lot of a lot of dead ends too. Like you try something, it just doesn't work. You know. Yes. Like a product idea or a way of doing something. You know. So. Man, I don't know if this was. I don't know where I was listening to this. It might have been. I don't know. I don't know where this was, but this last week I was listening to something, and they were just talking about the importance of the importance of being okay with something failing. Yeah, like that is the biggest superpower you can have. Yeah, it's like this may fail if you, if you don't if you don't uh, allow yourself to be comfortable with that, yeah. like knowing that this might not work out. I don't. Yeah. Oh, that man. That's that was a big thing. Like it's been the last year's been. A very very challenging year work, working on this business, and uh, there was like points it just felt like there's just no way. Not that there's no way this is gonna succeed, but like there's like a ten percent chance that this yeah. thing is gonna work. Yeah, it just there was so much that had to get done. There was no money left. Um, you know, just a lot of different challenges, and what I had to do was kind of face into that void. I didn't even want to look at it. I like that the fear of failure was was so intense. Like I couldn't even like look in that direction. But I forced myself to say, okay, what is the worst thing that can happen? Let's say this company goes up in flames, you know, tens of thousands of dollars setting, yeah. down the hole. People, you know, friends and family that, you know, I still owe money to who helped me get it, get it going. You know, like I'm, I'll have to pay them back, you know. And it's like that was a really, that was hard to like look at that. It's like, but, you know what, I'll, I'll get myself a regular job. Maybe I'll go back to writing software. And I'll, you know, I'll eventually get everyone paid back. Like, I'll know I gave it a good try. I'll know that yeah. it wasn't a stupid idea. You know, yeah. there was reasons to think it could succeed. And I don't need to feel ashamed about it. Like, I, you know, I, it took courage to do what I did and it failed. And, and, and that's okay. It doesn't have to define me. And I'm also young enough that I can recover financially. Yeah. So I just realized, okay, the worst case scenario sucks. But it doesn't have to be devastating. Yes. Like, I'm not like my life is over. I'm worthless. I can never recover financially. Any of that stuff, and so that helped me a lot when I 
really kind of faced into that. And I think it was Jordan Peterson, a little plug for him. He's been a huge influence on me the last year. I don't know if we've talked about him at all. I think a little bit. But I, You're the one that would, actually introduced me to him. I want to go on the record saying I believe he's the most important thinker in our lifetime. I think the ideas he has, the way he integrates science, psychology, um, philosophy, myth, great literature, um, sociology, like a lot. I mean, he's an incredibly smart person and just has a really interesting way of uniting all these things through, I would say, um, a big part of what he does is sort of an evolutionary scientific lens. Um, and there's what one of, I mean, we don't have to get into all that stuff. The point, point with him, I, I recommend that go check him out. He's, he's really awesome. But he talks about like chaos and order. And what a lot of ancient myths are about is there's this chaos, whether it's just like an empty void, you know, or whether it's a dragon that's like burning all the villages. Like there's some form of a chaos and the hero goes out into the chaos and conquers it and mm. uses his reason and logic and you know, kind of finds a way to rein it in and make an inhabitable space in that chaos, and that's what that's what a heroic person, you know, in a, in a story does. And so I was like, all right, I have a lot of chaos in my life, you know, like I had just moved and I got this business, and there was just even more stuff I don't want to get into, but like a lot of chaos, and I realized that like I was afraid to even look at the chaos. And so when I sat down, I was partly inspired by Jordan Peterson to say like, all right, I, I have to. I have to face that dragon, um, and that that helped me get through, you know, those fears about <sighs> failure. So I do think you have to be okay with failure, and you have to not be okay that it might happen. You need to ex- it will happen. Like it, you're gonna fail sometimes. Like you have to fail sometimes, and it's okay to fail sometimes. Doesn't mean it doesn't suck, <sighs> but like just plan for it. <laughs> yes, man. I because I if I believe. I'm trying to be, I'm so against a lot of certainty because I think there's so much ego and certainty and having like hard, fast opinions about some things in life. Uh-huh. But man, if I really do believe anything, it is that life expands and contracts with our willingness to assume risk mm. and our willingness to do those things. It like life it is totally more valuable and expands into like, it can be so much greater if you're willing to do that. And everything you're making me say, I just remembered a, a quote I heard this week of talking about how we we misunderstand, most of us misunderstand the the saying, it's all going to be okay in the end. Hmm. So when people say, oh, it's all, take a risk, in the end, it's all going to be okay. What we, what we misunderstand, we think that means that it's all going to work out the way we want it to work out or the way we think it is. And it rarely, if ever, does. Even if it does, technically, something's different. It's never going to work out, I would say, like you think it will. Uh, But really what that phrase of, like, it's all going to be okay really means is that whatever happens, you are going to have the strength and, and grit Mm. to figure out what to do next. Mm. Like, there's never any just... There's never any end. There's nothing ever. Nothing can come out of this. If you're still alive, nothing can come out of this that can't be handled. Yeah. No matter how painful it is. That's really good. No. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, there's definitely discomfort and you don't know how it's going to end. Oh, jeez, yeah. And it's not going to be what you expect, probably. Yeah. yeah. And you might end up being really happy with the things you didn't expect. Some of yeah. them you won't like. Yeah. And some of them are like, wow, I never imagined this could have happened. And look at all these awesome things that have yeah. come because of that. So I, I think that's really good. And Dude, knowing the core of who you are is going to be okay. Yeah. With whatever, you know, whatever things happen. Oh, that's so, so heavy. That's so good. <laughs> Dude, I know. Okay, let's end it with this because we we're on stage in twenty minutes. I love that. I love that. Okay, man. Uh, I want. I'm gonna go on. Let's end it with this. I'm going to say thank you for hanging out with me and chatting with this and more so than just this recording moment. Um, Like I feel, I just know every time that you and I are playing together, I just know, I always come in knowing that I'm going to have some side, some, some type of interesting conversation. Mm. It's never going to be dull. I always know I'm going to leave thinking about something deeper than when Mm. I showed up. And I love our conversations. And I love the fact that I am going to stop. I'm a, Stop here a second and stop recording this. And I know the conversation we just had is not out of the norm 
for me hanging out with you. Oh, this yeah. is like totally. Oh yeah, this, this is totally, totally normal. Yeah, this yeah. is actually totally normal. I'm being totally serious. So thank you for being, like making me, helping me think deeper about life. You are really way to monetize a friendship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, this is Rob with just a quick note before you head off into your week. I just wanted to say a huge thank you, a massive thank you to any of you that have rated, commented, or subscribed to this podcast on iTunes. Also, thank you to those of you that have reached out to me and shared your stories of how these interviews or some of these conversations have impacted you, have inspired you. Man, that has been so awesome to hear. If you have a story you'd like to share with me, head over to thecuriouspod.com slash contact, and I'd love to hear your stories or any just questions you may have for me. Hey, while you're over there, if you want to check out show notes for this or any of the other interviews I've done or contact info for this guest or any of the others, head over to thecuriouspod.com for any of that. And also, I'm really pumped about this. We have a map right there on the front of the website that shows all the locations that these interviews and conversations have taken place. It's pretty cool. You can click on it. You can see where these have done. If you want to go visit them, if you've heard something you like and you want to go check it out for yourself, that's right there. Or you can just check it out at thecuriouspod.com slash map or just right there on the front of the website. I'll show. I'll show. Also, if you want to reach out to me on social media or follow me anywhere, pretty much everything online is the Rob Morgan at the Rob Morgan, whatever you, you, you know, the drill. All right. Enough of that nonsense. All this podcasting has made me thirsty. You know, (laughs) I am so pumped that I do not have to deal with sponsors for this podcast, or else I'd have to tell you, podcasting makes me thirsty, and nothing quenches a podcast thirst, whether you're listening, uh, interviewing, editing, recording, listening to something unrelated to a podcast, nothing quenches a thirst like a Guinness. Hey, Hofi, can I steal you for a second? Do you have anything you want to say about Guinness? I'd like to take a minute to thank Guinness, because it truly is made of more. That's all. All right. That's it, thanks. (laughs) Uh, I love that crap. All right. Have a great week. See you next Tuesday. Anything else? Thanks for being here. (laughs) Say the most random thing you can think of. Yell it. I got nothing. The only word I can think of is formaldehyde. (laughs) Perfect.